Welcome to the global phenomenon, Surviving the Survivor, where we bring you the best guests in all of true crime. What's up, SCS Nation, and welcome to Surviving the Survivor, the podcast that promises to bring you 97 shows a day and the very best guests in true crime. This day started at uh, 9 a.m. or so uh, with the Courtney Clenny hearing. And by the way, I was looking it up and I cannot find anything on it. Uh, the Zoom that we had live uh, was a black hole. We could hear things, but they had not called Courtney Clenny. Uh, there was no uh, motions inside of the courtroom. If anyone knows what happened with Courtney Clenny today, uh, please let us know in the chat. I can't tell you how much I'm looking forward to this because I love these two guys, Bill and Scott, even though one of them, and I'll let you guess who, is not here yet, likely buying. Look at this. One of them not here yet, but now he is. Uh, and look at him with that haircut. Look and sh look at that. Yeah, that's back to the uh, not the Marines days, but uh, very. Uh, it's close. It's close, <laughs> but it's it's uh, very neatly groomed. And Scott Duffy, for the first time ever in SDS history, ever with a hat on, and mm -hmm. I love it. Uh, what what's the logo on the hat? Uh, I don't want to be shallow, but I'm just curious. Uh, FBI. Yep. FBI. That is a very cool hat. All right. Um, yeah, yeah, there it is. And uh, is there a red hue in those glasses of yours, Scott Duffy? There is, I think. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Look at that. Beautiful. Um, so just so everyone knows, our day today started at nine. We covered the Courtney Clenny case, uh, sort of. And then um, Julie Fru already noticing Phil has a sharp hair and beard cut tonight. Yes, he does. Uh, in Hawaii, as you know, he lets it grow. He looks like a Woodstock hippie, but uh, here in Houston, he's got to be clean cut. Uh, look at this. Phil was great on Nancy Grace. Were you just on Nancy Grace, Phil? Uh, I was, yes. Yes. Hmm. And this is not just anyone. This is Black Widow from the Republic of Ireland. Um, so just to recap, yesterday we started covering the Michelle Traconis case and then we did a show on Rachel Morin, and Scott Duffy was on that. Scott, I have to say, that was one of the most touching shows that mm -hmm. I think that we have done, and I've shared it with everyone, and I'm really hoping that people share it, not because it's our show or that you were on it, but uh, the Morin family is hurting, and uh, the killer is still on the loose. Scott, what were your thoughts on that show last night and the importance Yeah, that, that was a pretty in-depth, very emotional um show and i hope uh it it added just a little bit more to push push the investigation forward and get people thinking and you know just being aware this this, this guy is no doubt is out there walking about and it's it's you know takes a very alert person yeah coe as a matter of fact if it's possible because i'm pushing my luck today but if you can load in uh the Faye mcmahon the the young woman who is she is Rachel Morin's daughter. I would love for Phil to see this too. And I'm going to ask Phil a question. And for the first time, I think I've gone to Scott before Phil. How dare I? I'm not giving Phil enough talking time. Um, well, you've been, you've been giving Scott. I mean, he's been the exclusive guy on this Morin case. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, By the way, Phil, how is your knee? I just went to the doctor this morning and, uh, for the check and, 
Uh, I'm five weeks out from the surgery, and I'm uh, apparently ahead of uh, where most people are at this point. So, uh, and, yeah. and are, are you? When I say are you walking around fine, I assume you're limping, but uh, you can get. No, no, I'm not. No, I'm I'm kind of past the limping thing right now. It's about uh, getting the the flexibility back. So, but it's but that's coming along as well. So, yeah, things are good. Things are good. Good for you. Are you going to get the other one replaced? I sure hope not. Okay, good. It's, it's, for those, it's been it's been hanging in there. So, I for, hope for not. The, for those who are new, uh, Fridays are a wacky day, and I'm delirious because we've been doing uh, nonstop, like twenty hours of content over the last two days. And by the way, uh, we are going to launch a new channel, uh, Best Trials, STS Best Trials. We're going to be covering trials and. Uh, so the COE or someone will put up a graphic uh, related to that. But uh, Phil Waters, there was an interest. So we did this Rachel Moran show. You know the story. She was, and right. I didn't even plan to talk about this, but she was basically bludgeoned to death on a hiking trail in uh, back in August. So it's been five plus months. They get DNA from the scene. They match it to a crime scene in, um, and by the way, hello to Catherine Ruggier. This is Rachel Moran. California, Yeah. So they match it to a, a, a home invasion and a sexual assault of a young girl in Los Angeles. And so Scott Duffy has been helping the family. And then there's Tim Papa from the FBI and also Doug McGregor, who's one cool dude. And he's uh, from Ottawa, Canada, and he does what's known as geo profiling Phil Waters. But Tim Papa. He went. He was part of the BAU at the FBI. I know you like to poke fun. What is the F? What do you say the FBI stands for, Phil? Well, there are a variety of things, <laughs> and uh, no disrespect <laughs> to my colleague here, but um, what's one of them? What one of the acronyms? Well, stands for? famous but incompetent. Um, <laughs> fan belt, fan belt inspectors. Um, <laughs> Fat-bellied Indians, and uh, you know, I, I wasn't going to say anything, but since you brought this up, uh, I think it's interesting that the uh, the the cap that uh, Scott is wearing, um, I, I guess it says FBI on it. Is that correct? Yes. And uh, but whoever designed that cap couldn't quite get the seal centered on the cap, so. <laughs> Um, that just an observation. Um, but, uh, yeah, but I have a great deal of respect for my, uh, my, uh, brothers in the FBI that I worked with in Houston, of course, that were, uh, you know, we're, we're talking about the guys that are out there in the trenches and they're all quite capable and, and we got great support from them. And so you'll not hear me say a bad word about the FBI agents. Uh, Except that they're incompetent. We could go on about that all day long. But uh, no, no, it's, uh, you know, we poked fun at each other. You know, we, we, I mean, that was just kind of the thing you do, right? So, um, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Look at this, Christina Jones. Scott is looking especially handsome today. Um, and then we go to hello, everyone from Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, La Brigado. Uh, I'm keeping a running list today of the different exotic places. So, uh, like Blackwood Door is from the Republic of Ireland. She's here. So, 
Phil Waters, um, by the way, would I be pushing my luck? Is there any way uh, I would love this to get a Houston PD hat? I know I'm really, I don't, I'm not asking for a Ferrari. I'm asking for a Houston PD hat with a centered oh, like a logo, cap, like a baseball cap. Yeah. 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 You have, could you, do you have strings to pull there? I, I, I can, uh, I can probably arrange that. All right. Yeah. That'd be, that'd be great. Um, so Phil, one of the things, Tim Papa, who is with the behavioral analysis unit, he has pioneered at the FBI using short video um, clips. So what he did was he interviewed Rachel Morin's oldest child and asked her about the mother. And it's this heartbreaking video. We don't have it right now. I wish I, I had it, but we played this last night and he's using this because people then share it and then it helps get the word out, which then potentially helps catch a perpetrator. What do you think of this idea? How old is the girl? 18 now. Oh, here, you know, here it is, Phil. Here it is. Look at this. Let's watch this together. This is Rachel Morn's oldest child, 18 years old. Okay. We aired this I had no plans to do this, but let's watch this. Before we do that, let me just show you this comment. Watched Phil on ID, the interrogator, must see. <laughs> Thank here we you. go. Thank Here's you. Phil. Can you tell us a little bit about um, where we are right now? Um, this is where my mom's house used to be. That's now gone. I just think about going upstairs in my mom's room and playing down with her. How old are you? Um, you feel up in the down All the time. <laughs> I always wanted to. That's a sweet memory. I feel like the person who did this took a lot of experience, was away from us. We talked about doing a lot of things together, and she's never going to be able to be at my wedding. I'm never going to be able to go to hers. Like, she's never going to be able to meet my kids. And I just feel like we had a lot of plans that we just never get to do anymore because she just took them away one day. And there's just a lot of things that we talked about that we should have been able to do together that is just gone. Curious to get Phil Waters' reaction on that. See, if, if you listen, Phil, there's obviously music underneath, and at the very end, he pans over. And he, all this is deliberate to show kind of empty space. It, it is to, and here's I'm not T-Pain, anyone with information, uh, you see the numbers, uh, 410-836-7788. They're trying to catch the killer. Uh, what do you think of this, Phil Waters? You're what I would call an old-school cop. A detective from a different generation, Phil. No, uh, 
you know, I'm not trying to poke fun at you for being old or anything, but what do you think of this method of sharing these types of videos on social media, which is the new medium to try to gain and garner attention for victims and their families? Well, I have some uh, kind of mixed feelings about these types of things in general. I certainly, you know, my heart goes out to her, uh, prayers for her, and um, I don't know. It's, it's, I don't know that. I guess what they're trying to do is, as you said, is, is keep this thing kind of alive, keep people aware. And I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know that that gets achieved. Um, and I just, um, I don't, I don't know. Uh, uh, who 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 is the one that initiated this thing in the first place? The so family this is, or this this FBI guy? Well, let me tell you, your friend uh, up above your left shoulder there, Scott Duffy, and this is why I love law enforcement. Um, he, this guy Doug McGregor, who's not officially law enforcement, but he has developed a way of profiling people geographically. Uh-huh. And Tim Papa, former FBI. They've all extended a hand to the family. The family is basically in a desperate situation to try to find the killer. And Tim Papa uh, was a videographer at the BAU, at the FBI, and developed this. He kind of pioneered this idea. But, Scott, you want to jump in and uh, kind of fill in the gaps for for Phil there? I honestly didn't even mean to go here, but a lot of people are saying they thought about, um, yeah, right here, Gen S, very emotional work. And I've been thinking about Faye. Uh, I I, I kind of had a feeling Phil was going to have a, um, not a hard time, but he would be conflicted a little bit. So, uh, but Scott, what is the, what what are you guys all doing, kind of combined to help the Morin family? Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, I and uh, I, Phil is right. It's brand new. It is a uh, a very modern um, addition, if you would, to to the cold case um investigations and 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 there are many different arenas but tim papa is is the uh, kind of the guru who and uh, the pioneer uh when he was at the fbi and um and so uh, you know it's 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 new and it's i i think i think it will hit a whole different type of audience that may not have otherwise connected to to a cold case uh, in this case, uh, a murder case, but the, um, you know, with regards to, I think through the show and, and of course the, uh, Morin family being, um, you know, very raw feelings and, and it's a very difficult thing to try to offer what you can, but uh, at the same time, not to interfere with what obviously is a very active investigation. And so, um, so somehow, you know, through this show, but also because of how the uh, the case has been getting national attention, um, you know, people like Tim Papa and, and Doug, you know, I think we we somehow had some sort of a, a um, some sort of interconnection to say, hey, is there something more that could be done than than just talking about it? So I applaud um, 
uh, Tim and Doug on what they've done. And they've really traveled quite a distance, especially Doug, um, to meet with the family. And they're very, um, the family, you know, reached out to me to see, hey, is this something that they should even pursue? And and just a few minutes talking to Tim, um, you know, you can just tell he has an absolute uh, desire to help with with no self gain, and uh, that's that's a big thing. And so that's why you know it's something that's a tool, and and um, the the family thought about it, and and then of course um, trusted him with uh, with the camera. So in that regard, Tim tries to allow the victims or whoever wants to go on camera in these very short videos to speak to the crime or to speak that uh, of nothing that has to do with the crime and kind of show the humanness of what it what it's like to be left behind and hopefully incite somebody who may have a piece of information but otherwise wouldn't consider um calling to call or whatever um to try to uh capture this guy ultimately it is to capture this killer and to get this killer off the street behind bars so that Rachel's family can now begin um, down this this road of justice. And and um, and that's 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 pretty much the um, why I think all this came together. Bill Waters, uh, by the way, I am not T-Pain says. Panties may or may not get in a wad by things Phil Waters says. Um, Carol Lynn says, I love this group. Uh, Ms. Trial, um, love these two. Perfect way to end the work week. Me and who else do you love? Oh, wait, it's Phil and Scott that you love. Okay. Uh, Phil, any uh, re- any retort to what Scott just said? And then we'll move on. It's it's going to be a fun day Friday, Friday fun day, whatever the hell they say. But uh, Phil, your, re- your response. Well, my question was, who initiated it? The initiated like the connection. Yeah, who, whose idea was it to even consider doing something like this? The family, or prompted by you and these other folks? Yeah, I think I think. Um, let, let me put it this way, and if this answers the question, I think Tim reached out to them saying, "I've done this in BAU as an FBI agent, and um, I've now moved on to BAU." Um, to, and and still want to uh, develop what he believes is a successful um, going after social media, and and so he reached out to them and made his services available pro bono, and um, and and let them hey it's 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 for you to take or to leave no no uh, hard feelings and I think um, after a few minutes they thought about it and. And uh, and and I and this is the third I believe it's the third video in a series for this case. And um, and so that's by that's him. What, by him? Uh, yeah, by him for the family. Well, so I, I guess. Uh, again, I, I don't I don't know enough, really. Uh, I get what he's trying to do. And I guess the only way I would kind of go either way with this thing is what have the results been? And because 
just putting these videos out here to pull on people's heartstrings, to me, I guess it's nice. And I'm not trying to be harsh here or unfeeling here, but, but I guess it's nice to help these folks out and let them express themselves and in a, in a way that it can be put out there. Um, but I mean, if there's no, if there's no results from it, it just becomes a feel good thing. And, um, you know, we, I, I guess what I'm trying to compare this to is I think that it would have more of an effect to have the same type of video but have the people that can respond to whatever clues come in being present to show their support for this family and that they are not keeping this thing pushed off the table, that it is in the forefront and having the officials that are investigating this thing represented as well and making the final commentary of, You've heard from the family, you've heard from her daughter, and now we are appealing to the public to give us some information and provide phone numbers and contacts for that type of stuff. You know, like a, it, it's, it's kind of like a, a Crime Stoppers yeah. on, on steroids kind of a thing. And I think that's, to, to your point, I think that's exactly as, as Tim is brand new into so this is what he did in the last couple of years in the FBI, where all he did is was go on behalf of law enforcement, law enforcement saying, hey, it's not going to hurt. Please come on in and help help us out, create what videos they were BAU FBI videos. And um, and so now that he's moved on, he realizes, hey, it it seemed to have an effect. It seemed to have um, uh, getting some traction. And so thereby he uh, he's continuing on, but realizing because of the disconnect, just, you know, just like we, the disconnect of being out of law enforcement, if um, he still offers his services to any law enforcement agency, but now he also offers those same services um, to the families and then tries to make a connection and then through his website draws any any attention to uh, tip lines and whatnot. Um, no, I, I, I get the good intentions and I get what he's trying to accomplish. But my question is being a homicide detective, my question is what are the results? Are we getting anything out of this in terms of in the investigation or is this just a feel good measure? Yeah. And I mean, if that's what it is, that's fine. I'm not being yeah. critical of that. I'm just saying that, that uh, are, are we netting a result? And you can, you know, he can keep putting those out and, and all that. But if, if all we're gathering is more sympathy and we're not getting any more clues, then again, from a, and I'm looking at this from a homicide detective's perspective about trying to find the right person who's done the wrong thing. So I'm not trying to be heartless about this and cold. I'm just, I'm looking at this through the eyes of a homicide detective and are we benefiting from doing something like this? I mean, it's great that they're doing it. I'm not, I'm not being critical of it. 
I'm just looking at it from that perspective. That- Scott, is it fair to say that it's also this is also a very early, you know, that he pioneered it, Tim Papa, but it's also very early on in its uh, development. So, you know, I don't know how many yeah, times he's tried this, right? So we, you know, we're we've shared this uh, at least the show. I haven't shared the actual videos because it's uh, Tim has them, but I'd like to see uh, how it does. You know, if some of these these could potentially uh, go viral. By the way, you will occasionally hear Scott Duffy say alls. And I'm wondering if Philadelphia shoulder mm. surgeon also says that it's a, that's a Philly thing. It's also a South Jersey thing. Uh, she says, I don't see any downside. If it inspires someone to call the authorities with info, great. If it doesn't, at least it keeps the case in the media community's minds. Uh, do you agree with that? Phil waters. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not trying to criticize here. Look, I'm just, I'm just telling you what I'm looking at this thing through the eyes of. Yeah. And, and, you know, everybody out there that's going to get, you know, all their panties in a wad because, oh, Phil, and all that stuff, they're missing my point, and that's fine. You know, I'm not responding from an emotional level in the sense that I'm looking at it as how does this benefit the investigation? And I think the thing that I am, since we're talking about this particular case, I am a, I am surprised at how quickly this case, with all that stuff with the video in California and the DNA connection, and we've got this guy, and here this is who this person is. Um, all of a sudden, there's just nothing. I, I mean, I haven't seen anything about. Somebody reported something, and you know, maybe that's going to the the officials that are working the case, and it's not being put out there for some reason. But in terms of finding this guy, it's really, I mean, unless you guys have seen something, I mean, you've been doing these special little sessions, you know, with Scott up there in that area. But um, since this thing, since it had such a, a across-the-country connection, um, ever since that happened, it's like, I haven't heard a thing, no updates, no, I haven't seen anybody from any agency popping up and saying, here's what we have found. Here's where we are. We've tracked him to this point, blah, blah, blah. We're appealing to the public to give us some information. So that, that's kind of a, that's been kind of a question in my mind about the overall investigation and the the lack of of publicity in the weeks after. So I don't know, Scott, you might be able to address that. Real uh, quick, it looks like we've gotten so big that our bot is now uh, commenting in what appears to be, is that Russian? I have no idea. Is that Greek? That's some sort of <laughs> Cyrillic language. I thought you were going to interpret it for us. Um, maybe that's maybe they're just coding a new YouTube. Uh, the, the Maybe AI has taken over the world. Uh, Scott. Be- Ukraine. I didn't mean to. Yeah, I didn't mean to drop. Respond to Phil, and then we'll move on, and we'll have some fun sure. on this Friday with horrible cases. Go no, ahead. it did. So, as far as I know, Phil, I I agree. Being in this area, I do not see it um, on our local news. I do not see it in any. I so other than what I think went out initially, there is nothing new, at least for public consumption. There are no new videos out there. There are no sightings. You know. Um, so it's a matter of 
you and you know um some of the and some of the things that I've just tried to advise the family is that sometimes it is very tough just just to um to not have new information even though the police um you know are working on things that it's just not something that you know and, and each and every day that goes by is one day too long for them it's it's not it's there's going to be nothing shy of an arrest that that's uh um going to to move this in a direct better direction for them but this this is just the, the social media aspect is just another way of keeping keeping it alive and that's that's really what it is and we are uh well we're scott and tim papa and again doug mcgregor the geo profiler shout out to them for uh going above and beyond to help the family a uh, time for change i don't really understand this really of topic but your morning stream talked about the coe should be your co-host can you do a pool um I guess pull us together. But yes, the bottom line is I am trying to get the COE uh, to be my co-host uh, and, you know, we can host on and off. But when we're doing the trials, yeah, let's put her to work. Let's have her uh, hosting so I don't have to sit here and break my back. No, she's very talented. She was a network news correspondent. She was at CBS and uh, she is going to step in uh, the, when exactly we don't know analytical blarney ab by the way that new channel please subscribe the mods will tell you where to do that phil is trying to be delicate he's just being sincere to who he and his specific lens is i guess he's really trying uh he's really trying on this one good job phil there you go and then phil look at this one Susie h if you have time ask phil if he remembers the houston case circa 1979 to 80 Woman decapitated in Chimney Rock apartment, never solved. Does that ring a bell? That is like uh, just before your uh, undercover narcotics days, I think. Yeah, it does vaguely, but I wasn't um, I wasn't in Houston until 1982. Um, and I think that the um, I may have heard about this case. There were some there were some cases, of course that were in homicide that were kind of those ones that everybody kind of knew about. Uh, and that one I think is, is, is one of those, but I wasn't in Houston when that, when that occurred. Uh, there you go. So uh, moving on, I'm writing down all the um, exotic places like Indiana. So I can read them off at the end of the show. Uh, by the way, very important question to both of you, Scott Duffy, let me go to you. So I can't be accused of favoring Phil. It could be the coldest game in NFL history. The Dolphins here in Miami are traveling up to uh, Kansas City to play the Chiefs. Minus 30 or colder with the wind chill. Are you going to be watching the game, Scott Duffy? Oh, yeah. I'm definitely going to be watching the game from a probably a 72-degree, very balmy living room. Yeah, under the under a comforter. And I'm going to be doing the yeah. same. You're getting hit with a storm, though, aren't you, this coming weekend? Scott? Yeah, I guess they're calling for a storm. You know, it's uh, Monday night uh, should be nothing Scott can't handle. Nothing mm -hmm. Scott can't handle. Uh, Phil, my question to you about that football game. If you were gifted two free tickets to Arrowhead Stadium, would you go and sit there um, and watch this game in person for uh, three hours and minus 30 below? Sure. You would. Why not? 
two free tickets to a friggin' playoff game in the NFL. Yeah, although I don't particularly care for the NFL anymore since a few years ago, but uh, uh, I still love my Dallas Cowboys, and uh, wow. they're playing the Packers in a nice, comfortable stadium. So, uh, Brooke Nellis, go Cowboys. Look at that. You know what my dad would say to me? May he rest in peace. If I said we have two free tickets to go sit in minus 30 degrees, he'd say get lost. He used to take me to Giant Stadium, and then one day he said, that's it, never going to another game. I'm never sitting. It's so much better on TV. Uh, but, Phil, what would you wear? I'm curious. I don't mean designers, but, like, would you have thermal underwear on? Um, when I was in Canada, I got myself a uh, hat that had, like, ear flaps that I was uh, rocking in Montreal. Uh, what would you be wearing in minus 30-degree weather? Oh, I would, I would go prepared with uh, cold-weather gear and, and uh, I would probably some mucklucks, get some uh, some uh, stuff on my feet that's going to keep my toes nice and warm. And in fact, I remember a time when I was camping out in cold, cold weather conditions in Oklahoma. Uh, the big thing there were uh, heated socks that had that ran on little nine volt batteries. So uh, I'm sure there's something more modern now that you could probably plug into an app on your phone. But, um, uh, you know, I would, I would prepare for that and, uh, and be nice and, uh, and warm and drink the hot cocoa and, and all that good stuff. So, yeah. Look at that. Our chat just now, it moved, but it was at sick one six, six, six. So, uh, be careful out there. Uh, Cleveland Browns fans, look at the space coast. Did you make a poll about, if you would sit in the stadium or if you're going to watch the game, I'm curious, let us know. But uh, what other true crime show is going to take a poll about sitting in minus 30 degree weather besides ours too cold and dangerous for fans to be in a stadium. That's, and you're going to see Phil waters, you know, you're going to see those guys with their shirts off, right? You're asking me. Yeah. Don't well, you know, I'm you're sure gonna... those idiots will be there. Yeah. They're always there. Yeah, sure. You know, they'll, They'll freeze their little nipples right off their chest. So, uh, yeah, what a bunch of goober heads, you know, knuckleheads. I am not T-Pain. Please, we need uh, we need um, memes for that. The queen of memes is here. Uh, I don't even know exactly what he said, but they'll freeze their nipple nipples off. They are goober heads, something along those lines. Um, please get a meme out immediately. We, if not we need three, three guys who are going to go to that game. And they're going to uh, paint on their chest FIL. All right. There you <laughs> that would be funny. That would be amazing. If I had the money to do this, I would buy those tickets and the three of us would go topless with FIL written. Uh, we would definitely get on TV because no one would know. They would think we spelled Philadelphia wrong or something. I don't know. Look at this from Nurse Corky. Uh, God, we didn't go off the rails early this show. It took a while. Our high today in Montana was minus 18. Our mm. low was minus 25 with a wind chill of minus 50. You should take the dog for a walk right now. Uh, prime time to take the dog for. By the way, again, I am honestly not saying this. To, maybe I am. It was a little hot. And I went to Starbucks earlier and it was like it's 85 and a little humid, which is weird because. It's usually a little chilly here when it's so cold everywhere else, but um, it was a beach day today. I just was doing this all day. Um, Space Coast, good work about the poll. So 
Phil and Scott, we covered this trial uh, just began yesterday. What was so weird about this trial, Phil and Scott, there were no opening statements. This is taking place in Stamford, Connecticut. Let me just quickly set the stage for those who do not, do not know. There was a couple, Jennifer Farber Dulos, and I think um, there's photos here, and Fotis Dulos. He is originally from uh, Turkey, and he meets and marries this woman, a Jewish woman from the New York area, Jennifer Farber Dulos. They have five children, sort of like the Adelson and Dan Markell story. The marriage goes south. They're in a bitter custody battle. Here's the photo. Um, there's Jennifer Dulos and her five children. They get into a, a, a horrific custody battle over the kids. Fotis Dulos has a new girlfriend, a living girlfriend named Michelle Traconis. She is on trial because they alleged that she helped conspire to kill her, helped uh, get rid of evidence. Phil Waters, the body has never been found. It happened in 2019. Uh, the ex-husband committed suit. He unalived himself, as you would say, in his garage, connecting a, a hose to his tailpipe. He's no longer with us. Uh, and a weird twist, a guy named Kent Mawinney, who was a former friend of Fotis Dulos and an attorney, He's also a co-defendant in this. He apparently was helping create an alibi, so he's going to probably be testifying. This is the defendant right here. And long story short, uh, a judge declares Jennifer Farber-Dulos, may she rest in peace, declares her dead just this past October. Just this past October, a jury of six with six alternates is picked, and here we are at this trial today. Uh, what's interesting about this, Phil and Scott, but uh, I guess more so for Phil on this one, is we have an interrogation. Um, this is one with captions. We're going to play it right now. This is after the fact, the police interviewed Michelle Traconis. This is one of the interviews. We're going to watch it, and there's no one better in the world than Phil Waters at police interviews. He has one of the highest clearance rates, highest um, what is the word? Uh, what's the word, Phil? Confessions. That's the word I'm looking for. It's been a long day. Here's the video. The video is six minutes long. Phil, tell us what you are seeing here. We'll play it through the whole time, and then uh, we can play bits and pieces afterwards. First time we're playing a police interview for the police interviewer. Here we go. What do you know about what happened to Jennifer Dulles? on the 24th of May and where her body is. We have enough information right now for photos for murder. Okay. Right now you are not arrested for murder. He's not arrested for murder. You both are arrested for tampering with evidence yes. and hindering prosecution. Yes. In all likelihood, he will be arrested for murder. You need to tell us what you know this is coming from the state's attorney. Just listen. You need to tell us what you know about Jennifer's murder mm -hmm. and Fotis Dulles. We know that you weren't there at the murder scene mm -hmm. at the time. We know you have information, and we need to know that. Do you understand what I'm saying? I don't want to be over dramatic. I don't want okay. to. This is not listening. This is not any kind of threat. I just want you to understand. You have a daughter who's 12 years old. Have you have a mother. How old is your mom? 
You want to see them. You don't want to go to prison. You don't want to get arrested for murder. Okay. I was trying to remember. Which I'm Absolutely. sure you, you, got, you got released from the court, right? You bonded out. And have you looked at the news at all? Have you seen your face plastered? I mean, I'll be honest with you, you're probably one of the most hated women in America right now. And I'm not being mean. So, this is like the golden ticket. If you know where he could have done something and could have, where he frequents, if you could tip us off, maybe he said something in jest, something in passing that you can say, you know what? That rings a bell. Maybe. Your old daughter, listen, would you ever leave and go hide? and not tell your 12-year-old daughter where you are. Mm -hmm. Why not? Because I'm, <laughs> I'm a healthy person. I won't do that. Okay. Because she would be very upset, right? Yeah, it's something that doesn't even cross my mind during that. You wouldn't even occur to you to do that? No. Because Jennifer has five children. Yes. And other family members. Do you think, why would she go hide and not tell them for a period of time where she is and she's sick. Can I talk about the report? No. No, listen, wait a minute. The question was... My question is... The question only was... The answer that I can give is because for my understanding, she has a borderline personality disorder. But you got that information from Fotis. And this is a man who killed his wife, so... Fotis? She thought he was going to well, tell her. Okay, yes, I got it. Our, it happened. Our impression of Fotis... <laughs> Yes, I got Listen it from Fortis, and there's a... Uh, Listen to me, Jennifer. Michelle. Sorry. I know, but I you keep calling me Jennifer. Well, I'll be honest with you, Jennifer's on my mind. Okay, because I worry every day and every night about Jennifer. So I apologize for calling you the name of the person that you've been missing mm -hmm. now for going on two weeks. So, so Michelle, here's the thing. We're here to find out where she is. We don't think that you, that you're not the one who orchestrated this. Our impression of Fotis is that he is a manipulative, controlling person. And that's who everybody. wanted to get rid of you, right? Based on the information. So everybody's impression. Everybody is. He, he wanted everybody. to get rid of his wife, and he did that. And we're looking to find her for her family's sake. Kill the mother of his five children. And we're, we're, we want help from you. I mean, if... Who does he say he can to you? Yeah, if he, if he can kill the mother of his five children... Well, he could have killed me, I know. Somebody who appears to have been wanting to get back with that mom, according to his phone... Yeah. Sorry, I didn't get it. said, here he kills the mother of his five children. Uh -huh. And according to his, you know, from what we hear from other people and his phone, uh -huh. he, will, he appeared to have been wanting to get back with... Mm-hmm. Sure. We don't think. I know them, I know them very yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. I know you do. I know you do. Your daughter knows them well, too, doesn't she? She had the family that she always wanted with those kids. Well, not the family that she always wanted because I believe she has a nice family and she's happy. No, what I mean is other children. More kids. She has, she, oh, okay. me. Yes, she has she a has lovely family with you 
Okay. Her father, your mom, absolutely cousin. She's saying we have the text messages from Polis and Jennifer. We're going back to March. We have them. But when March he for We have his phone. We have everything. I know, but for what he Michelle Michelle, when he told you let me, let me tell you something okay, about Fogus. Okay. Yeah, no, Michelle, okay. Michelle, we're trying to We want to tell you something that everyone in this room is probably gonna agree with. Fotis lies to everyone. And the reason he lies to everyone is he cares about one person in the world himself, and that's himself. He didn't care about his first wife, he didn't care about his second wife, he doesn't care about you. He says all kinds of things to all kinds of people to get what he wants. Okay? He manipulates, he controls. We have no doubt he did that to you. He lies to you. So we're try I know he did that. I'm trying to, I'm trying to explain it to you. So he owes you, he feels he owes you nothing. If he could put this murder on you, he <laughs> would have to do it in a second. Okay? We don't think that is true. And we want what is fair. <laughs> yeah, we want to turn the thing, which is okay. Well, that that was odd. I didn't see the end of that. The lawyer walks out. Um, Phil Waters, the floor is yours. Shaking Scott, you know what I'm going to say here, right? Well, I I saw. I was watching Phil uh, when when um I was watching Phil. I was watching more Phil than I was too. watching the video. But when when he the detective, the ball detective, said that you know you're the most hated woman in America, Phil, he shook his head. But Phil, the floor is yours. And if we need to play a section, let us know. Well, let me put it this way. I would never have conducted an interview in that fashion. Hmm. The setup was not what I would have done. Hmm. And I dad gum sure wouldn't have had four detectives sitting in the room. Uh, and I guess this bearded man next to her is her attorney. Yes. And this is, a, it appears that it was a non-custodial interview. So she was not under arrest. She wasn't in custody. She could leave any time. And this is obviously an edited clip. We keep, we saw the jumps in there. Uh, in terms of her, it's, it's hard to tell what's going on completely because they're in a, they're in a horrible setup. Uh, putting a table up where you cannot see what's going on below the waist there, that just, that's giving the interviewers less information about the person they're interviewing in terms of body language. The one thing that I did notice about her was that she did at least three ass wipes in the middle of this thing. Mm. Then we have the snotless crying going on. Then we've got the stuff wiping this off the off of her face and that kind of thing. And then they're putting her head on the table and this this acting job, this emoting stuff based on the stuff that they're saying. And I didn't hear a whole lot of questions. It was more like a, just a bunch of statements. And then when this chrome dome on the end down there says, uh, you're the most hated woman in America, I'm like, what, where, where does that come from? And what was he supposed, what did he think he was going to get from making a statement like that? So, uh, he's, he's none of them in there. I mean, a couple of them maybe, but there's, they're, they're showing no empathy to this woman. 
Uh, she's got information they want. And regardless of whether the attorney is there or not, I can tell you that there's a certain way, at least, uh, Scott, you may do this as well, but when I, when I instruct in interviewing, number one, everything, everything in that room has a purpose, the way it is set up and the way it's going to be conducted. Who's going to be in the room? Are you going to do a one-man interview? Are you going to do a two-man interview? If you're going to do a two-man interview, then there is a way to do that interview without one interfering with the other. And so I was amazed at, at and are these, are, these, are these local detectives? I thought I heard somebody say something about the, the state attorney general's office or something. So who are, who are all these law enforcement people? There's a woman on the end, and then there's these three other guys and are they representing different factions of law enforcement? Um, I, I, I just, I, I mean, I, I, could, I could be critical and, and, and that kind of thing and a, really get into s- some specifics here. I'm just going to say I wouldn't have conducted an interview this way. And, and I don't, it doesn't appear to me, I guess the attorney gets up and he's going to shut it down right there at the end. Uh, he well, what's interesting is he's the one that walked out and he left her there, which is so bizarre. What a lot of people have told me, and I haven't been able to confirm this, is Fotis Dulos was in real estate development. That apparently is a real estate attorney. I had a defense attorney on from uh, New York, and she's very smart, Jonas Spilbor. She said, What attorney would ever let their client just sit there if it's non custodial? Like she's just sitting, he's. Well, he's not a he's not a he's not a criminal defense attorney. That's apparently the case. Yes, he's He's not not a criminal defense attorney. Correct. He's He's a a real real estate attorney. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah. Well, regardless, well, I I can tell you that I've I've done non-custodial interviews with attorneys present. So that's not Mm -hmm. a that's not an unknown. I mean, that's not something. It doesn't happen all the time. But I've done it. In fact, I've taken I've taken sworn statements written statements from people while their attorney sat there in a non-custodial setting. So that particular thing is not unusual. I'm just saying that if you're going to have an attorney present, there is a, well, first of all, there's a way to set the room up for the interview period. And that table needs to go. That's the first thing that needs to go. And so when I set up a room, the, the room, the table in the room is there for a purpose and it is in the corner and it's, it's typical. It's going to be a, a longer, kind of a long, narrow table. And um, it's there for me. So I can come in and I can set a file on. Or if I'm going to pull out my backup recorder, I can set that there. But it's for me. If I want to write something down, I separate the subject of the interview about 14 inches or so from the end of that table with their back against the wall in a chair that has no wheels on it. That's where they're going to sit. Now me, I'm going to have a chair that's got wheels on it because I want to be mobile. I want to be able to move in closely if I, if I, if I need to do that or want to do that or pull back, but I'm giving myself the mobility and and I don't want anything between me and the person I'm interviewing. 
I want that to be completely open. I want to make that complete connection there and, and have that establish that relationship with them. So, and, and, and when you, if you don't set it up from the beginning in a manner in which that you're expecting a positive outcome, then you're just pissing up a rope. And these guys, I mean, again, everybody does it differently. They got their ways to doing it, but putting four, at least four, I mean, I don't know if there's anybody on the other side of that woman, but at least four detectives in this room and, and there was no rhyme or reason. Nobody was in control of that interview. In fact, if anybody was in control of it, it was her. Because she was just responding when she wanted to. She might answer, a, if they let her answer a question, because they're all talking. And again, we're getting an edited version of this thing, so I don't know what, but I did notice that some of her responses, like, like I said, the three ass wipes and that kind of thing, mm-hmm. looks like there's something going on below the table you know, shuffling feet, taking shoes on and on. I mean, whatever it is, but you're, you're, you're. Phil, not to interrupt, but I am analytical Blarney right here. I feel I have questions about the a wipes here. What, what does that mean? What is your take on that? What are you watching? What does that tell you? <laughs> well, so I'll demonstrate, right. And kids do this all the time. When you sit, when you're in the course in, in her deal, when you're looking at, at what they were saying to her, at one point, in, actually three points in time, you will see her do this. So she readjusts herself in that chair. We call it in the business an ass wipe. So she's down there wiping her rear end on that table trying to readjust herself. And she did it three times that I saw in the video. So, and, and these are all in... You know, you take all of these different body language markers and one in isolation doesn't doesn't mean something deceptive in a necessary way, but you get a combination of these things and there's going to be some sort of deception involved when you start seeing combinations of these variety of, you know, if you see, I, I couldn't. I couldn't get close enough to see if she was if she was tooth sucking, if she was licking her lips, you know those kinds of things. So um, the, the, these body language things are all in concert. And then, of course, you've got to listen to what they are saying in response to your questions or your statements and how they're saying them. In this particular interview, at least the snippet that we saw, she's not really saying much of anything because she's not being allowed to say anything. And then when she does say something, it's just, you know, and then she does the, the snotless crying thing and, you know, head on the table and, oh, my gosh. They're getting nowhere with her. I mean, I don't know what, how long that interview lasted. And, uh, and. Well, there were, there were, there were multiple interviews, I think close to a half dozen, definitely over three or four. And um, she started to really change her story a lot. Uh, the first story was that she and Fotis had sex in the morning and then went and did this. And by the time the fourth or fifth enter, uh, interview came around, uh, it was a completely different uh, story. I have to agree with Jennifer Subay here. Phil is awesome, smart, hysterical, and 
very intimidating. Uh, I want Scott <laughs> Duffy to weigh in here. Let I'm going to put this back up. Let's just go through the. Um, you're the most hated woman in America, Scott. Uh, we'll pick it up a little later in, and uh, and then we'll have Scott weigh. Do in. we know which interview know this was? Um, I think this was one of the later interviews, not the initial interviews. But okay. I have to double check that. Okay. Yeah. Bad setup. They need to be in an interview room with the setup that I talked about. Yeah, and someone um, who's a friend of the show who I'm forgetting already said she's been watching true crime 20 years, has never seen this many people. And don't forget, there's someone in that bottom corner as well. This defend, this attorney, whoever he is, uh, I don't get it. But let's just watch from here. I think this is just, I'll take it back a little bit. Here we go. We'll get through the uh, most hated woman part. Just listen. You need to tell us what you know about Jennifer's murder mm-hmm. and photos us. We know that you weren't there at the murder scene mm-hmm. at the time. We know you have information, and we need to know that. Do you understand what I'm saying? I don't want to be overdramatic. I don't want okay. to. This is not listening. This is not any kind of threat. I just want you to understand. You have a daughter who's 12 years old. Have you have a wife. Old your mom. 16. Okay. That was the first one. You want to see that, right? You don't want to go to prison. Can take it back and touch to see that. Mm-hmm. At the time, we know you have information, and we need to know that. Do you understand what I'm saying? I don't want to be over dramatic. I don't want okay. to. This is not listening. This is not any kind of threat. I just want you to understand. To the face. You have a daughter. Here comes the wife, right there. You want to see that, right? You don't want to go to prison. You don't want to get arrested for murder. Okay. All right, let's try to remember. Let's try to I'll show you. You got, you got released from the court, right? You looked behind it all. And have you looked at the news at all? Have you seen your face plastered? I mean, I'll be honest with you. You're probably one of the most hated women in America. Hands to the face. I'm not being yeah. mean. So, this is like the golden ticket. If you know where he could have done something and could have where he frequents if you could tip I'm going to take it back and touch this day that was the hated woman here we go you feel sure you you got you got released from court right you out and have you looked at the news at all have you seen your face plastered i mean i'll be honest with you you're probably one of the most hated women in america right now and i'm not being mean so this is like the golden ticket if you know where he could have done something and could have where he frequents if you could tip us off maybe he said something to you in jest something in passing that you can say you know what that rings a bell uh scott duffy i'm not being mean but you're one of the worst people i've ever met uh what do you think of this um what do you think of this interrogation we got phil's take what are, you, what are your thoughts on this well, i mean i i i i uh i take a little offense that you think i'm the, the worst person you ever met um, well, he said she's the worst person in America. So I just wanted, I wanted to top America. Okay. Sorry. I take yeah. It. I, I, there's, you know, I, I was watching Phil during the whole time. And, um, and so thereby, I think we shared the same disgust. This, this is absolutely a travesty. And, um, it's, I'm going to be a little guarded only because this, you know, I, I never like to cast, um, trying to choose the right word. 
with regards to fellow law enforcement and how they conduct their investigations, especially their interviews. But th- this was this was something that I would probably use in my class on as a um, as how a, not a to do it, what not to do. <laughs> it's um, so yeah, absolutely. Phil is right. You know, uh, I worked primarily with a partner, and uh, and so you would have two in the room. And, um, and the idea is it's, and it's, there's no plan here. It doesn't seem like anybody has, um, I would have put muzzles on everybody. And, and the fact that people are talking over each other and I could see just a few instances where she wants to say something and, and just wait here, just wait. This, this is what you're all here for. And, um, and so I, like Phil, would ask, is this, what, what's, what is this interview in a series of what? There's zero rapport. There is what, it, what in my take seems to be, you don't look to be asking for anything or looking for anything. And everybody in that table uh, seemed to want to over-talk another one with the same point. And um, and the fact that they said where the one person said, you're the most hated woman. I as as the lawyer, I would stand up, take my client out as as the subject of that interview. I would um, I would shut down and uh, it would be game over. So this it it, this seemed more like a circus. And I really, really would be interested to see. First of all, how long were they in that interview room that day that got to that point? And um, and does it, is this the end? Does it get better? And I'm a little confused because they do say that she's she was in custody and she bonded out. Um, so I take it that she, she this this looks like some sort of makeshift proffer proffer is you have the lawyer there. And, you know, there's supposed to be some agreement to tell the truth. There's. You know, it's probably not so much an interrogation, but um, I, it, it, this this was I, I, I was cringing. Mm. Uh, Frankie Figs correcting the record, saying Scott is the most loved person in America. <laughs> Everyone knows I was saying that because the detective said that she was the most hated. So don't get mad at me, please. Um, you know, we are in a, a relatively new show and we are evolving. And why I never thought to put up police interviews by the way phil does not like the word interrogations that's why i always say interviews um but why i've not thought to do this um in the nine million shows before i don't know but we will do this more often i found this fascinating scott's face during the a wipe was priceless uh twyla olson says phil i don't care if my legs are completely asleep i'm never readjusting once i've sat down uh ned smith says the vast majority of people in America, like 99.997, I would say, have no idea who Michelle Traconis is. I would have to agree with that. Um, It's Friday, so let's just have fun. If you're new here, Phil is the interviewer. His expertise is setting up the room, talking, waiting, and earning trust to find the truth. This is a COE writing this. Phil looks intimidating, but he's also very compassionate and warm. We also have 
swag from CrimeCon. I don't know uh, what we're waiting for to give it away, but uh, we've got stuff signed by Phil and Scott, and we've got to give that stuff away because the next CrimeCon is always coming up. So rest of the way, some of these stories are sick and demented, but at least let's have fun. It's a Friday, um, not at anyone's expense, but just because it's a Friday and we deserve it. Uh, The first one I know is going to rile Phil up. Um, I found this disturbing and embarrassing on several levels. A U.S. Army employee, Phil Waters, was indicted for allegedly stealing more than $100 million in Army funds. She was a civilian Army employee. Uh, She was then said to have made large personal purchases. Uh, This happened in your state, Phil, the Western District of Texas, 57-year-old Janet Yamanaka Mello. Uh, She worked as a civilian financial program manager at Fort Sam Houston. She now faces 10 counts related to a fraud scheme. Um, How she did it alleges that Mello regularly submitted fraudulent paperwork asking for funding from the Army for her child health and youth lifelong development organization, according to the press release. Um, Over time, that, by the way, provides services to military members and their families. And over time, she was able to get $100 million. Um, It's disturbing because she was a thief and a con artist. But, Phil, she was able to take $100 million from the United States government. What the hell is going on here? Well, I'm not surprised she was able to facilitate that theft. Because I'll lay the blame right at the feet of whoever was supervising that particular section. Mm. And look, waste and uh, and theft in the military has gone on for decades. Mm. And, uh, you know, I, I, again, I fault. When we've had problems at HPD, not regarding theft necessarily, but... Uh, investigative problems within the division it always in my in my view it all if you've got somebody a subordinate that's not doing the job properly or maybe doing things that are questionable i mean where were the checks and balances for this woman i mean how in the world was she get how she's just submitting this stuff is she just working independent of everybody else well there's nobody above her that's having to approve (laughs) what she's submitting or has to review it uh, and valid. So I, you know, we've got such incompetent in people in positions of great responsibility, and you get something like this. So this is just this is just a a bureaucracy that is run amok, and our military, uh, and I'm talking about the bureaucracy of it, the people that are signing checks and running the business the business of the military. Um, are incompetent, and they. How long has she been getting away with this? I guess that's my first question. How long has this been going on? Um, it was a bunch of years, exactly. I don't know. I would have to look that up. But um, it was. And my next question is, how did she get caught? Uh, that's a great question. Let me look here. Uh, but she did use the hundred million dollars to buy jewelry, clothing, vehicles. Well, And she bought real estate, Phil. Uh, She was charged with five counts of mail fraud, 
four counts of engaging in a monetary transaction over ten thousand dollars using criminal criminally criminally der- derived proceeds in one count. It doesn't say here how she got caught. I'll find out for you, Scott Duffy. Um, is there any wonder we have a trillion dollar deficit in this country if you can just steal a hundred million? By the way, the Secretary of Defense just disappeared. Uh, what's going on in this country? But Phil, uh, Scott Duffy, does it surprise you that the debt is a trillion dollars? Is it just a trillion? <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, it seems so much like, higher. The real question is, does it surprise you that someone could steal this much money does it surprise you someone could steal this much money for the United no. States Army? No, it doesn't. Uh, and and not just in in military. Um, you know, I've, I've seen it quite a bit in the corporate level. It it, it comes down to a simple, uh, Phil hit it, and I think you could say that across the board, the failure to supervise and uh, a failure to have a checks and balance and you let somebody run run the show in any company, especially uh, government, where there seems to be a lot of just trust that's thrown out there and um, and and nothing to show for for supervising. And um, and so thereby that's that's how this happened. This this was a slow. And I could bet many years, that's a lot of money, you know, a million dollars is a lot of money. And then times it by a hundred is it's amazing but um no fraud like that is simply a lack of checks and balance and uh and then everybody in that whatever unit whoever's in charge and working or just minding their own business and doing nothing to to help so it's a it's a failure on all those levels and crime is running afoot yeah, people are just uh, checking in, checking out. Obviously, the supervisor not paying any attention. And I think she faces like 100 years in prison. And you know what? She deserves it. Um, Joan Regan or Reagan, depending on the pronunciation. Scott, my great grandchildren have a chinchilla named Chi Chi, just like you. I sent Joel his picture. And you know what? I forwarded that photo to Scott Duffy. Um, oh, I don't that, even know that, if you were. Very nice to meet Chi Chi's grandmother. Right. Yeah. There yeah. you go. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to the next story, I picked quite a few. Uh, this one, Scott Duffy. Uh, this is a Minnesota poison control doctor. Guess what he did? He poisoned his wife, killed her. Um, his search history uh, shows he was looking up some strange things. His charges were upgraded from second to first degree murder. He was a doctor, a young doctor, 30 years old at the Mayo Clinic, which is a very uh, respectable institution. And uh, his wife was a pharmacist at the hospital. Now, this is the interesting part, uh, Scott Duffy. They had an open marriage. Um, He apparently was with another woman, started to have feelings for her. And he also happened to be in debt. And uh, the debt matched pretty much to the dollar, her life insurance plan, and she winds up dead. Does this surprise you, Scott Duffy? None of that you said surprises me. <laughs> but, you know, here, Scott, here we're talking about two. Why, two why doesn't letters. any of this surprise you, Scott? I mean, you're in the business, but why does it not surprise you that um, why does this guy just 
I don't know, get a second job or a divorce. Why does he why does he have to go and poison his wife, Scott? Yeah, why? Why? Phil, Phil I I just always enjoyed the way Phil coins this and I every, every once in a while just the way um he explains how any one of us are capable um with the right set of circumstances. And and mm-hmm. and of course I would add that it comes from this lack of it's all in here this lack of Scott, um, let me interrupt you for one moment. Yeah. Um, COE, I am not T-Pain has emailed the meme request. The meme queen is as fast as you are. Um, maybe we could put that up. I, I've already forgot what Phil said, but we could maybe put it up by the end of the show. Thank you. Go ahead, Scott Duffy. Did not mean to interrupt. Oh, it's been. I forgot what Phil said as well. I don't remember. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 my mad cow kicks in and, and I don't. <laughs> I love it. Look at this. Hey, bros, are either of you so cold that your nipples could cut diamonds? F-I. <laughs> of course, bro, but we do this for Phil. That is a classic. My God. Um, we have COE. Can we collect these somewhere? Um, we probably just lost half of our subscribers, but it might be <laughs> worth it. Um, how the meme queen does this so quickly and efficiently, I'll never know. But um, Hey, bros, are either of you so cold that your nipples could cut diamonds? That is the line of the day from the show. No competition. Oh, Lord. Um, so, so Phil Waters. Starting, starting the new year off right. There you go. Happy 2024. Uh, this has to be the weirdest show on all of uh, YouTube. Has to be. One of them. Um, so, Phil Waters, there was this open marriage. He falls for another woman. Betty Bowman, the wife, becomes suddenly ill. She's reported uh, to the hospital. She goes to the ER in August 2023, where she dies. Um, he was $500,000 in debt. Her life insurance was $500,000 in debt. What he was doing since he was, we're going to get to those poll results in one moment, since he was a, um, doctor he was accessing her medical records and putting stuff in like suggesting that it was food poisoning he was using a medication for gout called like colchicine or something um and long story short he was using his own powers as a doctor to alter the her medical records Your thoughts. I'll just leave it open-ended. What? Here we go. Say that again. What was he doing? (laughs) So he's a doctor. She, he, she is a PhD, a pharmacist. Uh He works at the Mayo Clinic. He meets this. They're in an open marriage. He's Uh sleeps with another woman. He gets Uh feelings for her. Yeah. I think in his mind, he says, if I kill her, her life insurance will clear my Five hundred thousand dollar debt. No, I mean, what was he doing with the medical with her medical? Oh, so, um, after searching his electronic devices, detectives like Phil Waters learned that this guy was using his medical credentials uh, from working at a Kansas poison control center to access his wife's electronic health information during her emergency department stay for suspected food poisoning he also accessed her information a few days her information a few days after she died reviewing the medications she was administered her reported allergies and operating room log and what he did was he tweaked everything 
Like he was able to change stuff to make it look like it was some sort of food poisoning and not poisoning from the way she actually died. Okay, so so in, in, instead of using eye drops or antifreeze, he's he's using his ability to manipulate the prescription of medication. Is that what he's doing? Well, he is a he is a poison control doctor, so he was using a medication for gout. But I think the point is, in he was able to go into the records and and alter the medications that they, I guess, suspected that she was taking. So that's my, that's my question. He's, yes. he's altering the, the medication that's being administered to his wife. And why is she in the hospital initially? No, no, she goes there. He's able to um, manipulate. They have suspicions. They think she's being poisoned and he's able to go in there and manipulate and say, no, it's not this, it's that. What the specific well, I'm, are- I'm just confused here about uh, where, where does it all start? Does she go to the hospital because she's feeling bad because he's been poisoning her? Yes, yes, yes. Okay, so that's where it all starts. Yes. And then once she's there, he's in manipulating the medical records themselves? Correct, correct. The pretty smart guy who's uh, got a plan, you know, mm-hmm. Um but to answer your initial question was, why doesn't somebody just get a divorce? I don't have any freaking idea. I, I'm just amazed at, at the number. We see these cases all the time. Yeah. And and I'll watch uh, the Dateline and, and that kind of thing. And we watched one the other night. And I just said to my wife, I said, it's amazing to me that the, the, as many of these types of cases that I've worked and as many of these things that I've watched, I'm just always amazed at, at folks that think that this is the only way out for them is to kill somebody and to kill somebody that they, you, you assume that they once loved at some point in time. And, uh, it, it, it amazes me to this day. And when, when you see something like this occur, especially when it's, when it's educated people that are professionals, I mean, that have a, this guy's a, he works for the medical poison. doctor. Yeah, yeah he's medical a medical doctor, doctor and the wife is a PhD. These are no slouches. I mean, the Hippocratic Oath is what? What, what does it say in there? Uh, not, something like protect and serve, but different. I don't know. Well, protect life. That's what you're supposed to be doing. Yes. And now, so now you get this guy that just does it all in reverse. And uh, But you know what? I mean, it's all, again, it all goes back to... Uh, the world we live in now that, you know, uh, morality and all that is relative to the person that's defining it for themselves. So there you go. Anybody's um, capable of any act under the right set of circumstances. And there you go. That's the famous Phil line. And then he finishes it with it. And there you go. Uh, but that is the famous Phil line. Anybody under the right circumstances is capable of a heinous evil act. Uh, this guy sounds like for being as smart as he was, was a, dumb idiot too um twyla olson therapy i've laughed cried prayed and what a day and scott you are so mellow i love your grin yes 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 um this is a by the way i want the rest of the world not the united states but anyone from outside of the united states do people kill their wives at this rate does are other countries like this i really don't understand what's going on here i i really don't uh i would like to know uh This is for you, Scott Duffy. Great question. 
what does it take to surprise an FBI agent? Like, what would surprise you, Scott? I, wow, that just, there's a lot <laughs> that I could read into that question. So, <laughs> like, just sneak up behind me. I mean, I don't want I don't want to get deep and uh, sad right now, but like 9-11 had to surprise you. Right. I mean, that mm -hmm. had to shock you. Um, oh, OK. But, I thought maybe like like shock and scare me. No, 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 no. Like what like what kind of story, you know, what kind of crime would surprise you? What kind of crime would surprise you at this point? I, you know, I, I think if you asked me this in the beginning or middle, I might have an answer. I I. You know, I like Phil, you see, you keep seeing it, you keep hoping somehow maybe it will change. But but I guess I just expect people are just stupid, <laughs> just like here are two highly educated individuals. They've studied everything under the sun. And this um, doctor still couldn't figure out how to kill his wife and get away with it because they're just they're they're not they they're they don't i don't know what it is they're not by the way space coast what are these i don't even know what the poll is and what are the results you need to let us know but phil waters existential question here from sky ricky friend of the show is money i'll turn it into a question is money the root of all evil phil waters it buys you ferraris but is it the root of all evil no what the bible says is the love of money mm. so uh you don't i mean we have to have money but I think when people get it, well, and this can apply to anything, but in money in particular, once you start uh, the love of money overrides your love or uh, liking of anything else, then yeah, that's, uh, that is the root of all evil. By the way, Phil, did I tell you I wrote a book? Uh, it is now available for pre-order. All you have to do is pick up your phone, uh, scan this QR code. Uh, I just I'm found out Scott and I are getting uh, you're our, getting free signed copies. Free yeah, but uh, for my publisher, why don't you just buy a couple of copies and send them to the family? And um, I just found out that someone in Slovenia bought my book, and I'm thrilled about that. In all seriousness. Um, it is the most, I've been a journalist for 27 years. It's the most, it's very crazy and insane, but it is the most important story that I've ever told. Um, and I would love for people to read it and buy it and let me know what they think. They will probably think I'm a lot more immature than I already am, uh, but but they'll probably benefit from my dear mother and uh, the things that she has taught me in life. And they'll probably laugh. Uh, we're also going to do an audible version of this book, and uh, there's a decent amount of expletives because my mother, when she gets worked up, which is a lot because I push her buttons, she starts to curse at me. And we're going to do an audio version, and she's going to have to repeat those curses if the book is true to form. So should be fun. But uh, everyone, let uh, Post Hill Press, shout out to my publisher. Uh, let them know that uh, we've got the best community and uh, we're already, by the way, Phil, um, my mother, believe it or not, on Amazon, we're number one under parenting and families and five spots ahead, Carm Car is of Prince Harry, but his memoir has been out for like two years, but she's ahead of Prince Harry. Oh, look at this. The polls about COE, can we see the poll or what are the results? Probably says to get rid of me altogether. It's hard to see that. I can't even, I just took my glass off. I can't see anything. I think I literally can't see. Someone tell me what that number is. It's, it's what, everything. 
Space Coast, can you chime in there on audio and tell us what that just said? It's all yes. I rigged it. It was only yes. Was it only yes? Okay. I thought it looked like 53. I was surprised there. Okay. So uh, the COE might step in to, uh, to host. Wrapping up and putting a bow on this story, uh, Scott Duffy, uh, just to show you what a dum-dum this doctor was, days before the wife falls ill, this doctor allegedly was searching, and I quote here, how to delete Amazon history police. Also, he tried to delete police track package delivery because he was getting the poison sent. And he was also searching, quote, Internet browsing history. Can it be used in court? Uh, five days later, he allegedly searched food versus industrial grade sodium nitrate. How could someone who is a medical doctor and studies be so dumb as to not think that their that their Google searches are not going to be found on their computer. Scott Duffy. Stupidity. It's, you know, what, what you're, you're, you've now, you, you've thought about it. You fantasized about it. You have now stepped into a world that many people do not venture down to where it's, I am going to kill somebody period whether i love them or not and so now you've you've totally you're you're just there there's no there are very few that actually plan coordinate and then think of an after plan they're just um you know if it's it's uh we are our own worst enemies and instead of him cleaning the house of all his um devices and his media and throwing it out, making it disappear and uh, and and having thought to, oh, let me let me get some fake accounts. No, that's too that that takes too much work. And so if if criminals weren't this stupid, we would not be able to capture so many of them. Mm. A question from Bossy, Texas Chick. I hope that's not Phil's wife. She's a sweetheart. Uh, what year did Phil retire? She wants to know. 2017, December. There you go. Uh, and this is the drug that he was poisoning her with. Colchicine, I think it is. It's for gout. Um, it's for gout. Uh, love Scott and Phil Fridays. What a way to end the week. Um, I'd like to stick with the poisoning theme. Phil, don't ask me. I'm just going to tell you this story. A Massachusetts woman now, Phil Waters, is being investigated for attempted murder after allegedly poisoning her husband's soup. This is uh, according to People magazine. This is gets a little crazy here. Multiple news outlets in uh, the Massachusetts area are reporting that the alleged poisoning was tied to this woman wanting to leave her husband for a TV soap opera star shockingly this tv soap opera star turned out to be a scammer roxanne Doucette of Taos, townsend massachusetts was in text communication with someone she believed to be thorsten k well he's a star of the bold and the beautiful the soap opera so the man she thought was thorsten k said to her that I could use some money, and if you get money, I will be with you. And this woman 
Roxanne Doucette said, self, how can I get with the soap opera star? And she said, maybe I should poison my husband's soup. And that's how we got to this point. Phil, um, this is very disturbing on a number of levels, but one of them is the fact that even my own dear mother, I mean, it would never get to this level, but some people are very easily duped. Um, senior citizens have a ten- tendency to be scammed. But how dumb is this woman? She's getting a text message from someone to be claiming to be a star of the bold and the beautiful, telling her that he needs money. And she says, okay, let me kill my husband. What do you make of this, Phil? <laughs> well, I guess that's I guess that's an investment plan you can look at. Um, and maybe that was the path of least resistance for her. That was uh, an easy, easy way to make a quick buck was to dispose of him. She told police, Scott Duffy, this is the now the suspected murderer, the poisoner. She said to police about this soap opera star, he wanted money and he really wanted to meet me. It was my dream to meet a soap opera star. Currently, Townsend Police in Ayer, Massachusetts, or Ayer, Massachusetts Police, are conducting two investigations, one into the alleged poisoning and another into the alleged attempted murder. She has now been ordered to stay away from her husband who survived. Are you surprised by this one, Scott? <laughs> no. I, I'm, I'm, they are entertaining. They're, uh, no, but, you know, it's, it's amazing how she went from victim to suspect all in one, one text. You know, she's, she's a victim of a romance scheme, and then uh, she turns it into an attempt homicide. So it's, I, I, it's amazing when you think about what was going on with her and this and this husband prior to this. I imagine this this random text that was sent out to a couple million people, mm. and um, and <laughs> the bold, the bold. What is it? The bold and the beautiful. Bold, bold and the beautiful. I didn't even know that was still on the air. Mm. Um, and uh, Scott, and so do you I spend guess- your afternoons watching soap operas on occasion with Chichi the Chinchilla? Do you? Wa- what was the last time you watched a soap opera? Oh, soap opera. You know, I will catch snippets with when my wife comes home. You know, she'll record them, so they're they're they do have a place in this household. Oh, by the way, uh, PSS keeping me straight here. Joel, he used to work at a poison control center. Then he went back to medical school and was currently in his internal medicine residency mm. at Mayo. So, uh, thank you for that. Uh, what do I know? Uh, why is a Mayo Clinic doctor? F- this is the other. I still haven't got over discovering you could poison people with Visine. Yeah, the Visine woman. I think she was convicted. Um, why is a Mayo Clinic doctor five hundred thousand dollars in debt? Probably from medical school. Um, that's uh, crazy. Um, I don't even know what to say. I'm just trying to. Th- Scott Duffy, are we going to ever get to a place where people aren't killing other people for ridiculously dumb reasons? Um, is that ever is it ever going to stop, or is that just the world we live in? The end of time. It will really? stop. <laughs> uh, Not Phil, do you agree? Day before. 
Phil, is this true? It'll never stop before the end of time. Is this true? Oh, no, it's just going to get worse. And then once, uh, <laughs> once, uh, once Christ comes back, every knee will bow. So, Phil, let me ask you this. On this story right here, and you had to go, obviously you're a professional, and you would talk to this woman who thought she was meeting a soap opera star. And I've kind of asked you this question before, <laughs> but what would you and your detective partner, I mean, would you guys just, are you just doubled over laughing when you come out of that room? Or are you very serious, like when you're in that, in that frame of mind? Well, you know, given the circumstances here, I mean, after it's over, uh, you've had the interview and hopefully rendered a a confession from her. And, and um, yeah, this would be one of these um, dark humor moments, certainly. Like mm -hmm. how, how stupid can you be? So, um, and then you just, you know, stupid is as stupid does. So you just go from one degree of stupidity to the next. And it's all based on, the ego and the desires of the, the flesh and uh, she wants what she wants. And the only way she thinks she's going to get it is to, she buys off into the false narrative and then she has to get there. And the only way she can get there is to kill her husband. So I, I mean, again, no respect for life. It's all about feeding the ego and, um, there you go. Sex, drugs, or money. That's why people kill. There you go. Aren't trials and true crime like real-life soap operas? Uh, you know, uh, yeah. truth is stranger than fiction, as they say. I would have to agree with that. This next one is a serious story, but kind of puzzling. Um, curious to get your guys' take. Scott Duffy, this happened in Leesburg, Florida, which I'm not sure where that is, to be honest. A woman is now suing Lyft, as in the rideshare company. And I'm curious also to get your guys' advice to a lot of the women. Uh, we are predominantly a woman-based community. So um, I want to hear what you have to say to them about being safe when getting in an Uber. Let's start right there, Scott. If a woman is calling an Uber or a Lyft tonight, uh, how do you maintain your... I, I'm already nervous about this, and my daughter's nine, but there's going to come a day we live in a new world, a strange man. It used to be a cab driver. Now it's an Uber driver, a Lyft driver. What would you tell your daughter, Scott, uh, to be safe before getting into a car with a person? So there, on the back of our church bulletin, you know, where we have um, um, members of the community and whatnot, uh, uh, businesses um, giving, uh, uh, having ads and, and marketing and whatnot, there is, there is a, um, each week, say my name. Oh. And, uh, and that is, a, and I, and I forget the victim's name, but it was a, a college student. I think it was somewhere in the Northeast where she got in mistakenly into of all of random acts. Here is a, a killer in wait. And it just so happens a woman who had ordered up, uh, I believe it was whatever the car service and she gets into the car and, um, and then she meets her fate. She is murdered. As a result of that, there was a campaign, Say My Name, and uh, so, and, th and that's very important. In other words, when you order up a car service, you know exactly what you're getting, the make, the model, the car, the name of the person. That person 
should also know exactly everything that is provided to them, right? And and so go that extra step. A car shows up and it's like, okay, is this the car? And then open up the back of the car or whatever and say, what's my name? Put it on them. And uh and just and just that little, you know, tidbit, uh, because that random killer had no clue that somebody would actually get into his car thinking. Um, that's the car service that was ordered. So say my name is a very simple, that would be a very, you know, that it, it goes a long way. Make sure that the, the car that's coming to you um, is the car that is ordered. Now that's, you know, now you're getting into something that's a whole different ball game. It's just all a matter of be very aware of your surroundings, but that is the first um and and I imagine all these services do a lot to do backgrounds to to do as best as they can to mitigate uh, horrific incidents. Uh, and this one we're going to talk about in a second is a horrific uh, incident. My daughter has her location shared. That's interesting. I would have no idea how to do that, but I guess my daughter would be able to tell me how to do that with me, and often calls me from the Uber. So uh, Phil Waters. So this woman hops in an Uber. She's filed a lawsuit in the state of California because that's and in a Lyft. I'm sorry, not Uber, but a Lyft. And she files suit following a 2019 incident uh, involving uh, a woman named Tabitha. I'm not going to um, and an unnamed. It's funny. They name the woman, but they don't name the Lyft driver. Um, so. He apparently, Phil Waters, follows her into her home. She's intoxicated and he attacks her and rapes her. And she actually becomes pregnant and has the child. Um, Lyft puts out the following statement. They look like crap here. They say safety is fundamental to Lyft and the behavior described has no, the behavior rape we're talking about has no place in our society the alleged incident from 2019 did not take place on the lyft platform while using the lyft app but rather involved a separate trip arranged between the individuals involved lyft has worked to design policies and features that protect both drivers it goes on and on and on the details of the complaint it says she requested a ride through the Lyft app back to where she was staying after a night out of drinking. She said the driver told her to sit in the front seat and during the ride, uh, during the ride and began making inappropriate comments that made her uncomfortable. When they arrived at the destination, the driver parked and begins to touch Ms. Means inappropriately while she rejected his advances. Uh, he decides to get out of the car. The driver allegedly follows her into her home where she was repeatedly raped and forced to engage in oral sex. The complainant claims she begged the driver to stop. And at one point he allegedly responds, and I quote here, it will be just fine and over before you know it. Uh, the baby. Hard to believe she had a baby. It was born uh, at 33 weeks. It had to be in the IC, the NICU. Uh, she needed a C-section. There was a DNA test taken, Phil, and it matches the Lyft driver 99.9 .9 with a million nines after percent. So it is this Lyft driver. And then Lyft says, well, no police report was ever filed. What say you, Phil Waters? That was going to be my first question. Was he prosecuted criminally? No, there was well, no 
No okay. police report yeah. ever filed. And this will this will really get him going. What I'm about to say, but mm-hmm. I'm going to tell mm-hmm. you, there's always a backstory to these kinds of accusations. And I I did see this story, uh, and that she had decided to keep the baby, and so which is that that part of it's commendable on her part. Um, I, I I understand what's been described in this petition that they are using to uh, to file the lawsuit. But I can tell you that I I work liability cases like this on the civil side, and I'm brought in as an expert to examine the circumstance and look at all the factors that surrounded whatever the event may be. And then I come up with an opinion on whether or not that particular business had the ability to foresee something like this happening and were they negligent to some degree that allowed something like this to happen. And these petitions, I'm telling you that these plaintiff's attorneys submit, they, they, some of them come right out of dime novels. I mean, some of the stuff that I've read and I always read the petition first before I ever get any of the discovery. And it is amazing the way things are worded in a petition. And then when you start to get the discovery, when you start to get the reports, uh, law enforcement involvement, their reports, and get into the deep part of the investigation, because I enter all of them the same way, the same way that I entered all my homicide investigations. I'm Always open-minded. I'm objective. I let evidence lead me where I need to be. I don't take it someplace I want it to go. And it's always a journey for the truth. I'm not a hired gun that will just come in and I'll just say what you're paying me to say. And I'm straightforward with the attorneys that I work for and telling them that. And I've not had one tell me that they don't appreciate that approach. They don't want to hear Sorry about Hmm. that. They don't want to hear just what they want to hear. So uh, my point is here, look, I can, I can tell you that in this particular case, you've read the petition, you've read the accusations, you've read the lawsuit, so forth and so on. I'm just going to tell you that what is in that petition, there may be some facts in there, but they're not telling the truth. So, uh, other than that, I'm not going to pass judgment either way, but I would just say that this is a, this is another one of these cases where just because somebody is saying something and they have a tangible result of what they're accusing this person of doing a baby, that the circumstances under which that occurred, especially if there's been no criminal case brought forth in this thing, then I think there's some questions here that need to be answered regarding the plaintiff's allegations in this lawsuit. Scott Duffy, is there a situation where she could have been so, you know, obviously this kind of um, attack can be really traumatizing. Is there a possibility she was too traumatized to ever report it? Does that happen too? 
I would say the short answer is yes, absolutely. Um, whatever it is, somebody's background, embarrassment, just so much in the emo um, um, can absolutely cause somebody to pause and say, "Do I need? Do I need to? Do I want to?" And try to look down the road of being, um, you know, ridiculed and whatnot. Absolutely, that that so totally understand a victim being very cautious um in in some regards um but but i i would agree in what 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 feels there's a lot a lot that has to be asked and um and just like if 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 we were uh responding as law enforcement to a complaint you you follow the facts you follow you interview and you go exactly where the case is going to take you the evidence and so forth so there there's a there's a lot of unknown here and um and so thereby i'd be very suspect but you know can the questions that were never answered many many months prior to and i don't know like when is the suit actually filed is it filed relatively soon after the child is born or are we talking maybe considerable amount of time after where this is now first entering into a court, civil as opposed to criminal. It, it, I'd like to know, you know, what their their connections are, like how many times have they communicated, all those things that would just naturally, any natural, reasonable person would ask, hey, what are the prior communications? Was there a relationship that now all of a sudden went further south? Was there a commitment to... Um, to uh to 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 pay money that felt fallen short all those things need to be answered as a result of um you know unfortunately not not a criminal case being brought forth uh we'll end with a really horrible story uh feel good horrible friday story just because that's what happens to be my final story shout out to andy school by the way peony pink uh, Copper Horse doing an amazing job. I am not T-Pain, the queen of meme. I'm just rolling through. Bossy Texas chick. Misdemeanor OG, who is truly an OG with STS. Yala, Dwayne Harris out of Detroit. Love to have him. Moto 88, Lori, Gen X Granny, another awesome mod. Tiff Knox, another old school friend of the show. Um, This final story, I do not say alls, but I do say go ahead. And... <laughs> What a water and it's a hoagie. There we go. Uh, there you go. There you learn something new every day. Philadelphia is a weird language, man. Uh, Gigi pretty alibis lies and alibis. One of my good friends posted that she has received John Donna's jail. Ooh, should be interesting. That's wild. Uh, good to know. I will uh, have to talk to uh, Gigi on that, but pay attention to pretty lies and alibis look at ned smith fastest hundred minutes on youtube no doubt about that uh dave lincoln coming to us from cape cod final story here talking about the uh de-evolution of society how our world is falling apart this will give you no hope good way to leave the week a 41 year old ohio mom has been charged with theft by deception after allegedly faking that her seven-year-old daughter has cancer, Phil Waters. According to a statement from Noble County Sheriff's Office, Pamela Reed has been 
publicly portraying her daughter to be fighting cancer. Several local organizations in Ohio participated in fundraising efforts. They made monetary contributions to help the family offset medical expenses. One organization in particular specifically donated $8,000 for cancer treatment expenses. Um, This woman now has her bond set at $50,000 charged with theft, deception. There was even a Facebook page called Our Ray, R-A-E, Our Ray of Sunshine, Team Addie Ray that was collecting a ton of money. Phil Waters, what sort of desperation or twisted mind? Uh, this someone, Julia, here saying Munchausen by proxy. What sort of twisted mind does it take for a mother to tell the world their child has cancer when they don't have cancer and try to raise money off of it? Well, that's just their particular, again, it, it's self-indulgence, self-absorbed, self-centered. They uh, obviously money, their love of money is their motivation, and they're going to use any any particular uh, plan they can to put in place to to garner a bunch of money. I mean, that's all motivated by money, and, and uh, they have no uh, hesitation in deciding that the best way they can do that, to facilitate that, is to use their child. And that's just abhorrent. Um, By the way, not to interrupt, but this is big breaking news. I saw it happening in the chat. I have personally not confirmed it, but I will take everyone's word, obviously. John Pryor, who is Chad Daybell in the Lori Vallow case, has withdrawn uh, as his lawyer. It's crazy because I saw also, and I believe it to be true, oh, Gigi reporting it. She's uh, Gigi has done over 50 podcasts on this case. She knows it inside out. Um, but apparently, Chad Daybell's attorney, and he is facing a possible death penalty. Uh, he has withdrawn. He was at every day of the Lori Vallow case. Uh, Phil, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Back to twisted parenting and uh, these twisted minds. Uh, do you think, Phil, it is a, mo- a financial motivation, or do you think it's just a sick mind or both? I think it's a combination of both. And again, we're in a we're in a, a state where the uh, value of life, at whatever stage in the womb, as an as an elderly person, as a child, I mean, it, there's just no there's no respect for it. And if you're the type of person that is going to be uh, trying to make a living off of using other people, whoever they may be. Uh, and in a nefarious way and an illegal way, and when you're using children in an evil way, uh, then you know you're a, you're a person that is uh, void of any kind of uh, of uh, moral grounding in any way, shape, or form. And it's all about you. It's all about gratification. And those types of people. To use this as an example, they're never satisfied. They're never, they're never satiated. They, they, uh, they have to keep perpetuating the lie to be continually satisfied with the result. And in this particular case, it's money. So we use our child to do this thing. It's like that. What was that other case we were talking about where the, 
She just got let out of prison after doing 10 years for murdering she her mother. She rose. And by the way, guess what she's doing now? She's doing podcasts and Steve. Cohen she is. Her. So yeah. she'll make, she'll make money off of murdering her mother. Uh, and, yeah. uh, you know, we can get off into that. Stuff. And I did what I said I would do, by the way. I started, I did the research on her. I looked at all the stuff that she, I mean, there's all sorts of stuff out there about her. The bottom line is she took a kid that was autistic on the autism scale and convinced him to murder her mother for her own purposes. So she should be in prison still, in my opinion. But by the way, this, this is an interesting, this, this is an interesting distinction from PSS in Philly. It's only, this is true, I believe, it's only Munchausen by proxy, now called fictitious disorder, imposed upon another. Man, what do they come up with this? If there was physical harm or illness imposed on the dependent person, whether child or adult, in this case, I don't think she physically harmed her like they did with Gypsy Rose, but they were using her. Uh, so I guess technically it would not be um, Munchausen by proxy. Who are the people that go to work and say, well, that's, okay, still, that's still harming the child. You can call it whatever you want to call it. Yeah, that's true. I mean, mentally, you're I mean, I, you, you know, these, these, when they come up with these, well, now they're not even calling UFOs, UFOs anymore, right? They're calling them what? UAPs, UAPs, unidentified aerial phenomena. What is that supposed phenomenon. to mean? I mean, you get somebody that comes up and we're going to call it this now and they write a book. I mean, it's just, it's asinine to me the way we just complicate terminology. But anyway, who goes who goes to work? Uh, this is my question. Who goes to work and says, "Today I'm going to change the name, the wording of Munchausen by proxy to fictitious disorder opposed." Whose job is that to do this? These are the questions. Somebody is going to write a book and say they did this, and then everybody jumps on it. it it's just mm. it's 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 funny to me. I think it's it's a waste of uh, a waste of time. But maybe it makes people feel better. Maybe they Look don't want to. Maybe they don't want to be judgmental of Munchausen. I mean, maybe there's a real consideration here, but I doubt it. L. Deb, it might have to do with coffee. It could just be that I'm a moron. Not to interrupt, she's talking about me, but I will for the hundredth. There's probably a lot more than that. And um, in fairness to me, I've been going for 20 hours podcasting and um, – I'm out of my mind. I'm actually thinking of taking, believe it or not, a three-day weekend here. Although now that we've got Donna Adelson jailhouse calls, we'll see. I'll have to talk to the COE. Uh, they're saying the reason John Pryor just backed out is, look at that. He's out of money. Um, he's out of money. Let's get back. Look at look at this. Ned Smith bringing us back to where we need to be. Bill Waters, do you care who wins the uh, Miami Dolphins or the Kansas City Chiefs? Do you care either way? I don't know that I would say I care. Uh, I do like Kansas City. Uh, Kansas City, just a little inside football stuff. I think uh, people may not know that the uh, the original Dallas team were the Texans, the Dallas Texans, and they later became the Kansas City Chiefs. So um, I have a little affection for the Kansas City Chiefs anyway. So I'm rooting for the Kansas City Chiefs. And look at this, uh, Space Coast on the West Coast, the COE's brother, my brother-in-law, go Niners. Oh, now, Niners see, that, that's a sacrilege right there. So I'm a yeah. cowboy guy, and, um, you know, the Niners are, are just uh, hated, hated enemies of the Cowboys. But uh, ever since when the catch. 
Dwayne, you got a chance this year. The Lions, one of my best <laughs> friends uh, from Ann Arbor, as you know. The Dolphins rhymes with muck from a native Floridian. I'm rooting for KC. How how dare you, you infidel. Um, Scott Duffy, what's going on with your Philadelphia Eagles? Yeah, what's going on with them? What know, is going they, on with them? <laughs> yeah, are they going to win this out there, man? Yeah, yeah. What's happening to this Jalen Hurts guy? What's going on? <laughs> Got to take care of that finger. Hmm. They'll be all right. Space Coast. I grew up on those early '90s games. What a rivalry! What a rivalry! Dallas and the 49ers. Um, so we are uh, at the uh, point of the night where uh, we're getting to the end. Um, look at this. The name was, look at all the information we get here. The name was changed because it actually describes a clinical disorder. I guess that's sort of, look at PSS is uh, like full of shoulder, knowledge. full of knowledge, but she's an MD. Um, but I, I would not, agree in the point that I think the that that case is more of a fraud. That's a straight up, care less, take the money and run. Whose whose new logo is horrendous and looks like a sperm? Oh, the 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 dolphins? Is that what you're saying? I guess so. Looks like a sperm whale. Um, Phil Waters. What's now? I'm all flustered, but. Real quickly, so in Hawaii, we knew that I think Friday night was pizza night, or Friday night was Bible study, Saturday was pizza night. How did things change in Houston? What is tonight's plan? Friday night are hamburgers on the grill night. Mm. On your grill, I I imagine. Yes, on my personal grill, which I just went and got a new grill. So, yeah. And and what kind of grill, Phil? Because whatever a Texas guy is buying, you know. Three burner little charbroil grill, but uh, it's 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 uh, I just got it and it's uh, I had to get rid of my other one and it was used up and so yeah tonight will be the first night breaking in the new grill for hamburger night at the Waters House. That's a, that's amazing, um, Scott Duffy. How about yourself? You sometimes go to the watering hole on a Friday night. Uh, by the yeah. way, d- describe the weather in Philadelphia for me right now, just so I can get a sick, twisted pleasure from hearing about it. You know, it it didn't. I I want to say it's forties. Um, hmm. It's supposed to the rain's supposed to come in. They're calling for an, another inch or two. We had five. We we were in that bubble where it was anywhere from one to five, we were up close to it. So we've had a lot of rain. Any, anytime the, 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 the skies open up, it's walking through puddles. Mm. My yard. I'm literally going to have a scotch tonight and I'm going to take a photo and I'm going to post it on Instagram at surviving the survivor. And I will probably post, uh, I am not T pains meme. Uh, Phil, please adopt me. Let's just look at this meme one more time. Hey, bros, are either of you so cold that your nipples could cut diamonds? <laughs> FIL across the chest. Of course, bro, but we do this for Phil. <laughs> oh, all um, these sure. would look great. Everything that's been coming in the last couple of months, throw them all on mug. STS Nation. Yeah. Scott Duffy, have I told you that it's I've written a book? Have you heard that? No. I've written a you. book. Hold on. Let me get that. QR code. Please. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Show them how it's done. Uh, you didn't read it. I'm waiting for my free copy. 
Uh, you'll get a free copy, Phil Waters. Trust me, you will. Uh, someone's saying go 49ers. So anyway, uh, the COE and I, I, I just forgot where the camera, I, would dis, I almost just passed out in front of everyone. I'm so disoriented. Uh, long story short, uh, next week we're getting back into the Michelle Traconis trial, but there is no court on Monday. But of course, now I'm getting word that Donna Adelson's phone calls are out there. I'm inclined to do the three-day weekend, uh, but I will let you know for sure at Podcast STS, uh, Instagram at Surviving the Survivor. Until next week, love you, America. I'm going to now read off all the places that tuned in today. Hang on just one second. Yes, Bill. Oh, I didn't get closing thoughts. But let me interrupt you today. I didn't even get closing thoughts. Go ahead, Phil. Okay. we are about to get hit in Texas with a cold snap down into the teens, which is a big deal here. Mm. And, I remember the, uh, I, the ice storm crazy a couple of years ago. Go ahead, Phil. I yeah, so I'm just telling everybody in Texas that's going to, you know, get out there and get your pipes wrapped up and take your hose, hose off your hose bibs and get the doors open under the sinks and the trickle thing and all that good stuff and get prepared for this because it's going to be one of those freeze deals for a couple of days and stay warm and uh let's hope that ERCOT got their act together this year and we don't have uh blackouts and um there were some folks on here in the comments that were asking where in the bible does it talk about the love of money being the root of all kinds of evils and it's in first timothy 6 9 through 11 so you can take a look at that and uh, you can get the whole the whole scope of what that verse says. Other than that, I hope everybody keeps warm and happy new year to everyone. If Phil was not a uh, police officer, uh, one of the finest, he would have been a teacher, no doubt, or a pastor. Uh, never too late. He might still do both. Um, until Monday, we love you. America, here are some of the most exotic places from the day. Love you, New Jersey. Love you, Pennsylvania. Love you, Houston, Texas. But then we go. South Africa, Finland, Kenya, New Zealand, the North Pole, where Santa Claus lives, which is hard for me to believe. I'm a little skeptical of that one. The person claimed it was true. Costa Rica, Brazil, Ireland, Scotland, England, Gander, New Finland, Canada, Brussels, uh, Belgium, Australia, Norway, Spain. What a world we live in all share our lives together. Love you, America. Till next time, on the world. Final seconds of the game. A chance to score and the chance has gone begging. If your business's commerce platform keeps missing the target on golden opportunities, Get the MVP you deserve. Get Shopify. (laughs) Shopify is the commerce platform revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. Whether you're a garage entrepreneur or IPO ready, Shopify is the only tool that you need to start, run and grow your business without the struggle. Shopify puts you in control of every sales channel. So whether you're selling signed football boots from Shopify's in-person POS system or you're vending vintage shirts on Shopify's all-in-one e-commerce platform, you are covered. And once you've reached your audience, Shopify has the internet's best converting checkout to help you turn them 
from browsers to buyers. What I love about Shopify is how, no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US. And Shopify is truly a global force, powering Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across over 170 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash ranks, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com forward slash ranks to take your business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash ranks. 